Talking Finance with Brian Hirsch, making sense of your finance. Thanks for all those WhatsApp voice notes that you've been sending through to the show. It is time for us to talk finance with Brian Hirsch, our Tuesday morning of sunshine. Hello, Brian. Good morning to you and uh, no sunshine, but no rain. Yes. <laughs> it keeps looking like it's going to rain. So when you talk... You know, I heard I'm, I missed the rain over the weekend, though. No, yeah, the three drops. I wasn't in yeah, Joburg, was You it missed raining? the three drops, but if, you, <laughs> but if you were walking in the wrong place, you wouldn't have got the three drops. You, you yeah. look like you had a nice facial this yes. last week. You're looking refreshed. Yes, I had right. a facial. I've had Botox. I've had my eyes done. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking fine. <laughs> All right. So, Brian, today, of course, we're going to be looking at... The do's of don'ts of starting the financial journey. Now, this is generally a conversation that um, we would have at the beginning of the year. But I guess there's never a bad time to start talking about the beginning of a financial journey. Yeah, the reason I'm talking about the do's and don'ts, because all of a sudden, there are a lot of scams coming onto the market. Mm. And because people are short of money, the get-rich-quick schemes are appearing. I've seen in the last month, five or six get-rich schemes where people have introduced me to and asked me for my advice. Now, one in a million may work. So I give advice and say very simply, I know nothing about this scheme. It sounds too good to be true, and I wouldn't get involved. I wouldn't get my mother involved, and I wouldn't get my son involved. Because as you know, saving and investment can be very frightening at this time. I mean, we, inflation continues to rear their head. And, you know, I like to come into the studio with good news. Well, for pensioners, there is good news because interest rates are going to go up. I mean, they had the whole discussion in America last week. The markets on Monday and Tuesday were very strong because there was a belief that there were statistics that came out that indicates that in interest rates may get slightly uh, delayed. And then Powell, head of the Federal Reserve, came in and said, no, interest rates are going to continue. We're going to push rate interest rates up in November. There's a chance in December and there's a chance in February. And we will follow likewise. So for pensioners, good news on the horizon. But 100% of South Africans who are working have got debt. Mm. And that debt cost is going to go up. So you need to start doing something. So interest rates have caused working South Africans really not only great anxiety, but short of money at the end of each month. You know, previously, in, in, um, working South Africans had the cost of transport, food, and all the other things allied outside of debt. And we had interest rates a year ago at 2.75 lower than now. And now their debt is creeping up, and now their debt is creeping up higher than their other costs. And that's why all these approaches about borrowing from your pension fund and all those things have come about. So... Working South Africans re- need to realise that you've really got to do something so important. I mean, the latest FNB data came out. They showed that less than 22% of their clients have more than one week of emergency funds. 22% of their clients, more than one week uh, in, in, in emergency funds. And you've got to start establishing emergency funds. Um, 
One of the big things to do is, as I've always said, and you've heard me say that, is re-look at your budget because you are in for higher expenses. I mean, we talk about inflation still around about the 7 7.5%. You know, you talked about, we talked about the one group of this who have now stopped striking. They got 6%. They got a little bit more. But remember, that 6%, they all contribute to medical aid. They all contribute to pension fund, and they all got to pay tax. So by the time you get the six percent, you're probably getting four, four and a half percent. Okay, the money to your retirement fund is being saved for the later date, but you're certainly not beating inflation. Uh, a critical do not in these times, and don't get involved in anything that too, sounds too good to be true. You know, we're seeing adverts on radio, we're seeing adverts on television where banks are offering 12, 12, 13%. Let's understand, this is simple interest, not compound interest. And people are saying it's a fantastic rate. I said, yes. But remember, simple interest means every year the same interest will be added to your account, not interest on interest. So someone who's got 100,000 and gets 12% in a year's time will have 112. And then in the following year, it won't be based on 112, it'll be based on your original capital whereas if you get compound interest it's interest on interest so understand and 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 i don't for one moment mm. think that the, the the institutions that are offering or there's anything wrong with it they are good rates of return but you need to understand there are other fly by nights who are offering 16 18 22 percent i i read in the in the papers this weekend uh, an actress i don't know who what her name is she's got this bitcoin operation and people have lost hundreds of thousands with her uh, and was only an article. So I'm only mm-hmm. repeating what I read in the article. I don't have any any em- empirical knowledge of, of what happened. But people are going into into schemes. So so Brian, just just before you continue, because I think this uh, you know this issue that you're raising around the adverts that people see on TV or even hear on radio, just because something is on TV or even that you've heard it on the radio does not mean that this that the full credibility of what is being offered has been interrogated in the way that you're breaking it down for us today. So uh, that people just have to be, um, you know, deliberate and intentional about further seeking out what is actually being advertised. What am I really being offered here? Because I think once, you know, something is on TV and on radio, people just think, well, okay, well, uh, you know, this is then the thing to to go for. This must be a credible. This, you know, there's no need to question it any further. Yes, and and particularly, well, I don't have a problem with a brand. All I'm saying is sometimes the whole story is not told, and you don't know everything. But with brands, I don't have a problem. When banks. Banks we know are brands are advertised. I just want to explain that not always it's not exactly as what it may appear because there's a lot of attraction to be drawn in. But you need to ask questions because the scammers are around. They're looking for schemes at the moment because people are short of money. And if as interest rates go up and people get shorter, they will then be wondering. Can, is this is, this sounds like a fantastic scheme where I'll get rich in or get eighteen or twenty percent. And it's not because. They being they themselves don't know the dangers. They are so short of money, and they understand. And families are going to get a lot shorter in money because of rising interest rates and rising costs. They're not going to come down. We're talking about inflation maybe coming under control in 2024. I mean, we're still we're only in October 2022. By 2024, I'll have been married 54 years, not 52 years. So I don't want to think that far in advance. But but what is also always I've said the important is understanding the difference between 
investing and saving. When you're investing, you're taking on risk. And people who've taken on risk in the last year are very disappointed at the returns. But markets will recover. It's not if markets will recover. Markets will recover. And when there's blood on the streets, it's time to buy. And when anyone, everyone is euphoric, it's time to sell. Well, there's no euphoria on markets. No one is euphoric about investments. So as Warren Buffett says, to quote him, when he said, when there's blood on the streets, it's time to buy. So these are good times for people to be investing for the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years. If you've got a pension fund, don't be conservative if you've got 10 or 15 years to go. Take, get as growth orientated as you as possible into provide for your pension. Don't become conservative because things are bad and all the noises you're hearing. Uh, and then very much, you know, if you've got cash available, try and set aside some of that cash for emergencies because there are always emergencies. There are always, not even, they may not even be emergencies, but there's always extra costs that you never budgeted for. And you need to start building up that little, that, that extra little kitty uh, so that you, you don't find that all of a sudden you've now got to take your half month's salary and go and pay. That. And then most important, if you owe money, Kathy, I've said this before, talk to the people you owe money to. Don't just think it's going to go away. You can't sweep it under the carpet. And if you don't talk to them, you will end up in problems. But if you talk to them, at least you can find some sort of solution, uh, which may not be all the way into debt counseling and using a debt counselor to help you with your debt. So it's important to understand that that these are difficult times and maybe I haven't dealt with any financial product this morning but just be just be careful of the scammers who are out there promising the world and let me say one thing the fact that your friend has made money with one of these schemes does not mean you will make money because to get people in some people have to make money so they talk positively of the scheme and that's how they attract many many people because everyone tells you they've made so much money on a scheme be careful when you hear that stick to the brand stick to the institutions you know there's many institutions that you know are around you can google them they are there the Alan Grays the Coronation the Investix the Anchors the Sassfins uh, the Standard Banks the First Rand the, the um, Nedbank APSA uh, or RMB all these are known stick to those institutions I left out Capitec Bank you, you, and I left yeah. out African Bank but you, I'm just saying you, you, know, you, you, know, you know Brian when it comes to the traditional institutions versus new organizations that are coming up. Some of those that that we know uh, as these big brands, as you've said, can be quite intimidating for ordinary people because they are also the same institutions that are seen to cater to certain people and, and not to others. And I think that that's why you find people looking for alternatives. It's not that people don't want to uh, save or, or that, that they don't want to invest. They do want to invest, but they're thinking, well, wh where am I going to even begin with that organization? But if there's a company that is starting up that looks a lot more accessible to me, then I'm going to go for that company. The question I wanted to ask you, though, is when it comes to the scams, are there specific patterns that you have picked up? And you can even reference the scams that you said, you know, you, you people have been asking you about over the last couple of weeks. Are there patterns of, of behavior 
between these scams that people that should be easy for people to to pick up or can be easy for people to pick up well uh, look most of these scams have been people that have introduced me and asked me questions mm-hmm. it's not as if I pick I mean I get emails all the time do you want to make money do you want to double your money I just I don't even look at it I delete it but but you're getting but you're getting contacted um, people have been phoning me with different names I, I think one was is, is there such a word as Londui Londui another one was uh, Cash Quick uh, the minute I hear those catch names you know, you, you say that these, these big institutions don't cater for the individ, for the smaller customer. They, they do, Cathy. What they don't provide the smaller customer is service. They, they, they are not equipped to provide service. And so many of the smaller customers don't have all the technology. I mean, to get into, I mean, I think of one bank who I'm not going to name. Uh, I, I, I wanted to get an account to them. It, be, it was so complicated. It was so laborious. Uh, I get, kept getting kicked out that I just gave up. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not talking about that. But the big institutions, all you've got to do is also read a bit of the small print. Don't, don't just accept the, the top line. There's always something at the very bottom. And in the insurance world, they say what the, what the bold print on the front of the policy gives you, often the small print inside the policy takes away. Although a lot of insurance companies now print both sides the same bold text. But you, I, there's, no, there's no trend. It's, just, it's a trend of people who are short of money and are being approached and being told about ways of making money where you can't make money traditionally. I mean, the interest rates today on a one-year fixed deposit, you're getting around about 7 to 8%. So if you, get, if you hear 15 to 20%, run. Run away. Don't even go anywhere near there. So, so I'm just suggesting people need to use a little bit of their own initiative. I mean, the scammers are so clever. They really are. They also build relationships with people. They get to know them. They get to talk to them. And eventually, you know, the con men are, are lovely. People who are con men are lovely people. They're nice people. They make themselves well known. So just be careful. Stick to the brands. I'll be taking your calls and questions for Brian, 086-000-2032. That's the number to dial this morning, 086-000-2032. And on the WhatsApp line, I'll take your questions for him on 0614-104-107. So, Brian, then just quickly, lastly, on the issue of scams, I've I've seen that often... um, uh, a lot of whether it's individuals or people who call themselves brokers, etc., are offering deals of investing in shares, and they'll talk about you know I invested in these uh, technology shares, and this is how quickly my money grew, etc., etc. And and for me, it also says that there's a lot that we again as ordinary people don't understand about how the process of investing in shares in, or even in stocks actually works? Well, stocks and shares and equities are just another name mm. for the component. Understand companies who, who want to raise money go to the public and they go public and they issue shares for the money that the people buy those shares and then they use the money in developing their business. I mean, today you don't need, and the individuals don't need to go and look and on to, to buy a share. I was driving here on, on now and I was talking to a trader who buys shares and he particularly mentioned one particular share that he'd bought and he'd gone out and he's going to sell it today. That's not for the individual investor. The individual investor must buy either into a, um, a collective scheme 
or and, and satric, all the satrics and all the um, all the funds like that are uh, gathered in that type of thing. Then you're buying a lot of shares. You're letting you're letting people with years of experience, who, by the way, years of experience is meaningless. I mean, at the end of December, no one expected any of those investment houses, any of those analysts expected the market to be down internationally, 27 to 30% from January to October. Never expected it. But we've had very good years in the years before. They will remodel the portfolios. They will buy shares that, they, that, that, that they've analyzed. They understand the industries these companies are in. They understand how to read a balance sheet. And this is what the individual does, is not able to do. So don't buy individual shares. When you're offered shares in companies, because that's another scam, people get offered shares in a private company. Well, you've always got to wonder, why are you being offered shares in a private company? Because today, if a good company goes public, the public... At large, the big institutions want shares. And if they can't sell to the big institutions, why are they selling to you? So be very careful if you ever offer the share, and particularly a share that is not listed and you can't trade. Because the one thing about the market is you should be able to buy a share today and you should be able to sell it this afternoon. Because liquidity in shares, in other words, if you buy an Anglo share this morning, you can sell it this afternoon. doesn't mean you're going to make money. But if you buy a company ABC where there are not a lot of shares and then you want to sell it this afternoon, there may be no buyers. So you've got to look at those or why you go into funds. So effectively, you're saying that um, for for those that are offering shares, etc., that are off the market, in inverted commas, that one should be aware that they're taking significantly more risk than they would ordinarily be. Yes, and the big question is they should always ask, how will I sell the share? Mm. Who will I sell the share to? Because if I'm taking shares in a private company, even though it could be public, it just doesn't have to be listed, who am I going to sell to? Because if I'm selling, to, if you and I take shares and I'm selling to you, mm. you, want to, you want to buy my shares at a good price and I want to sell them to you at a higher price. So finding the match between buyer and seller is very, very difficult. And many people hold shares in companies because I have this. Could you please trace this company? And it's just, it's not a listed company, very difficult to trace and to find out what's happening. Cryptocurrency also seems to be a big target of some of the scams that that are that are taking place now. I I don't understand the first thing about, about Bitcoin. I have tried to, but I think there's just there's a disjuncture in my mind. I cannot connect the dots. Um, that being said, though, there there are of course people that talk about how much they've made of Bitcoin, etc. And I'm seeing more and more um, adverts and pamphlets of adverts of people saying, uh, you know, cryptocurrency may change my life, etc. Not all of it Bitcoin, but certainly the word cryptocurrency is coming up a lot. Well, there are 30 of them. They're, they're, they're too popular as Bitcoin and Eurythrium. But let me say this to you. People who got in many, many years ago have made an absolute fortune. Mm. Anyone who bought cryptocurrency in the last year, and I'm not talking about traders who buy and sell. Anyone who's bought crypto, any cryptocurrency in the last year has lost a lot of money because it went to 69,000. People were buying in the 40s, 50s, 60s, and it's 19. Let me tell you, it's all about supply and demand. There is no research. There's a belief that cryptocurrencies are going to take over paper money because they say paper money's got no value and the banks are do, and the global countries are just printing money and they've got so much debt. But you know, and it may be successful in the years to come. However, I don't know anything about cryptocurrencies. I don't touch, touch cryptocurrencies. But that doesn't mean 
some will make money because if there's more demand and less supply, the price will go up. And if there's more supply and less demand, because not many people demanding, the price will come down. At the moment, the price is down. And uh, just be very careful about who you use, what platforms you use, if you do buy them, because I've heard a lot, this is the one I was talking about, where they've got this money and they've made a lot of money, can't get it out. Can't get the money out because the, the, the platform is all uh, haywire. So I don't understand. You know, just be very careful if you do ever buy a cryptocurrency. You know exactly who you're buying it from, where you're buying it on, what platform. I was going platform. to say, who, who do you complain to when you can't sell your shares? No one. So then, it's just stuck there? It's stuck there. No, 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 no. Shares and Bitco are different stories. So, sorry, you I'm can trade. The, 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 yeah. the, the shares, there's nothing you can do. Uh-huh. You're a shareholder in a, in a, in a company that's, that may be a public company because it's got more than 50 shareholders, but you still are just a shareholder and you don't even know the other shareholders are. Uh, you may get annual reports. It doesn't mean anything. There's no guarantee of buying. Crypto, you've got to buy it through a platform. And you've got to buy it through, a, uh, I think Luna is one of them. Not, the, not that I'm even, mean, I just know the name, but I don't know if there are many Luna. And you just got to be careful that the one you go into, that you know that if you want to sell, even if you're losing money, I can get my money back. Okay. Uh, thanks for that, Brian. I'll take some of the questions that you have sent through uh, for Brian just after the latest news headlines. SAFM 104 to 107 nationwide. Leading the conversation. All right, Brian, this question has been coming up quite a lot. It's around the old mutual shares. Vish wants to know, is it a good idea? Yes, it is a good idea. Look, it is money you're tying up for five years, but then when you are buying an investment, you should be thinking five years or longer. Um, I think it's a good idea because I think at these prices, old mutual has come up like any other share substantially, and I think the listing is at a good price because I do believe markets will improve over the next five years. Companies don't think, look around and say, well, we can't, we can't grow our business. What's happening? They look at the, they look at the business. They take into account economic trends. They take into account everything else. But they look at their business and say, how, what are the opportunities in our business? How can we grow it? What are the threats? How do we counter those threats? So I think Old Mutual is a yes. And as a matter of fact, I've told all my staff because it's open to blacks, Indians, coloreds, and Chinese. Uh, I've got another question here for you. Uh, who's uh, this listener hasn't um, hasn't said who the message is coming from, but they want to know a bit on government bonds for its investment. Can you speak about that? Okay, well, there are two types of government bonds. There's tr- traditional government bonds which trade every single day. You can go in, buy today and sell tomorrow. There are risks. They're paying good returns, anything between 9 and 10%. But there is risk to the capital. And if interest rates go up, and I won't get into the detail, but if interest rates go up, then your capital goes down. But there are government retail bonds, and government retail bonds you can buy for two years, three years, or five years. I th- saw yesterday, on Sunday rather, that the government five-year retail bond is paying 11 and a quarter percent compound. So we're not talking about simple interest. You are locked in for five years. The interest is taxable. For, so those who are thinking of buying government bonds, you will get your capital back at the end of the, either the two, three, or five years, whichever you elect. But however, 
uh, the purchasing power of that capital will be a, le- a lot less. There's no growth attached to it. And if you're paying tax, you've got to deduct what tax you rate because, remember, interest is added to your other taxable income. Although if you're over 65, the first 34500 of all interest is, is deductible. But if you're really earning that from other sources and you're going to government bonds and you're paying tax rates of 40%, you're coming out with around about 6%. And it's certainly after tax not a bad return, but you're not beating inflation because inflation is sitting at around about 7% and you've got to beat inflation. So depending on your tax situation for pensioners who don't have taxable income, I would be quite comfortable to put my mother into a government bond uh, for, for five years because I think it's a good rate and my mom never had a tax situation. So depending on your tax situation, two, three, I think a two-year government bond is paying about 9%. Certainly not a bad return. And secure because you remember banks don't bail out governments. Governments bail out banks. Okay. <laughs> Brian, this one is related more to what is uh, unfolding in the news. What is Brian's take on the economy, uh, particularly regarding the Transnet strike? Well, I was asked last week about this Transnet strike. Look, it's a, it's a horrific story for the strike. Firstly, it's crippling the country. The country and, and, and let's just talk about the country. The country is being crippled by the strike. I mean, the, 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 it takes so many days to, once you get back to work to get things moving again. Uh, we're, what about agriculture? We're exporting fruits and things like that. And I, I know one group of it, I think 53% of the one group, I'm not sure of the name, I think they've accepted. But it's been a horrific thing. And, you know, in the early period, so let's talk about the individual. The individual goes on strike. They don't get money for, let's say, they're on strike for a month. They don't get money for the month. And let's say they're earning 20,000 rand. And let's assume then that they get, a, they get 3% more than what they ask for. So on 20,000 rand, they'll get 600 rand extra taxable, and they've lost 20,000. How many months will it take? It'll take over three years in the long term to get that money back because uh, they'll have lost that one month salary if it's a month. But it's crippling the country and we, we really can't afford these type of strikes at the moment. I understand now from the strikers' point of view that they're not coming out, as we discussed earlier in the program. They're struggling to make ends meet. And they're saying, oh, we cannot come out uh, with, with below inflation increases. But you've also got to look at the organisation and say, can the organisation afford these increases because it's dropped straight off the bottom line? Your salaries is an item that's embedded. You know, petrol price can go up and petrol price come down. Food prices can can go up and go down. Although my wife always says to me they never come down, but I, I don't always uh, believe that they. Sometimes they do come down. But imbe- salaries never come down. It's embedded in the inflation rate, and our inflation rate is high, and we're a struggling country. I'm not sure, and this maybe this is a conversation for another day, and I just want to digress. I'm not sure if we we are. In the world of Economics 101, where you're trying to um, um, reduce inflation by pushing up interest rates. Because South Africans, this inflation is pushed on us. Increases in petrol, increases in food, increases everywhere across the line because we import so much of this inflation. Other parts of the world, America, people are spending madly. So I can understand pushing up interest rates to stop spending. But I'm in that school, which is probably a very small school, and l- luckily I'm getting off air shortly, so we don't have any, any economics, economists phoning and tell me I'm 
talking rubbish. But I think we have to find a different solution. Coming back to the strike, I think strikers need to think carefully about what they're losing in the short term and what they may be gaining in the long term and understand that companies are struggling. You're not alone when you're struggling. Companies are struggling at the moment. We really uh, um, have struggled for a long time, South Africa. And with imports... Uh, exceeding exports again. That means we inf- we're importing more inflation because goods are costing that much higher. So my only view on the strike is as soon as they can sort the strike out, workers, think sen- sensibly. Don't be guided by the high 12 to 13% when we know it It may be, it may be ju- you may need it, but it's not going to happen. And you need to get back and get the strike over as quickly as possible. All right. Andile Improtia Glenn. Good morning, Andile. Uh, good morning, Katie and Brian. Morning, Andili. Uh, Brian, I just wanted you to break down something for me in simple terms without using the economic section. Uh, if you bought a house, let's say I made a deal to buy a house next year, 2023, I made a deal in January before the repo rate went up, and the house is not yet built or the construction hasn't started yet, but the, the deal is final. How does that affect my price? Let's say the house was 1.5 million when I bought it in January, but after the report, it obviously it's going to go out due to some economic whatever that goes on. Can you just break down to me what happens in that case? And, and Dili, are, are you taking a bond on this property? Yeah. Okay, well, two things, two things could happen if you're building a home. One, mm-hmm. with inflation and building uh-huh. costs going up, you could end up paying more. I don't know what your contract says. Is it a fixed price or does your contract say that if goods go up because of inflation, you're no, going to pay the difference? It doesn't like Sorry? Uh, I'm saying it sounds like it's fixed. It's a fixed, right. Okay. So th- so then that's fine in terms of the building of the home. But you're going to pay, if you've got a bond, your bondholder, unless they fixed your rate, which is probably unlikely, but unless they fixed the rate, you will start paying the bond as soon as you start using the bond at the rate applicable. So if you were getting, say, half a percent below prime, and that was um, – uh, a, a six nine months ago, when Prime uh-huh. was around about five and a half percent, and 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 uh, the repo rate was five and a half, and Prime was eight point two five, and Prime uh-huh. is now nine point seven five. You're going to pay the higher rates, and if interest rates go up, as I anticipate they will over the next three to four months, you will be paying your bond on the higher rate. You need to do that calculation. But here's my issue: doesn't the contract uh, apply retrospectively? Because I signed in with it. Because they, you need to look at the contract because it may say the repo rate or whatever the increase in the repo rate. There, there may be some clause in the contract that actually refers to the higher rate of interest, the, the rising rate of interest. Okay, I think I still have to go through it, but what I understood from the contract is that it's a fixed rate. Which means what we agreed on is just going to apply to. And, and Dili, I am going to give my phone number out. And may I suggest you call my radio line and just get details and send me that contract. I'll gladly have a look at it for you. Uh, my, can I give my numbers out, Kathy? My number is 11 880 
488. And anyone who is, does phone with a question, please I ask you. I need to know where you're phoning from. I need to know your question because if I do phone back and you don't have an answering service, I cannot pass your message on to anyone in a different area. And even if you leave, I'll be able to leave a message, but you haven't told me where you're phoning from, I can't get someone to call you with your message. All right. So, no Thank you so much. So, Andile, send Brian the contract. He'll have a look at it and then he'll be able to give you better advice on, on what exactly yeah. you can expect. Cathy, normally, normally it would have a, a clause which says if interest rates mm-hmm. go up, you, you're paying so much and so, and your rate will be applicable to the higher rate. Okay. Just just one last one, Brian, that I'm going to squeeze in here. Uh, Mbuso in Durban says he took out a loan uh, from his bank to uh, for a, a home project for renovations. Those renovations now are almost double the loan amount. He's asking if he should go back uh, for an increase in the loan or if he should ask Alan, if he should use uh, some of his Alan Gray long-term investments. Look, it depends if you can afford the additional increase on the bond. In other words, you want a higher bond. Have you done your budget? Can you afford it? Because you need both. It's not an or. Should I take money out of Alan Gray and pay off the home? Because you want both, long, and you use the word long term. So if you can afford to pay more and at the same time keep your Alan Gray, this is a terrible time to be selling any investment product. I would say do it. But if you can't afford it and it's going to put pressure, then you can't have your cake and eat it. Then you have to take money out of your Alan Gray portfolio. All right, Brian, let's leave it there for this morning. Thank you so much. It's always a pleasure. I'll see you next week, Tuesday. I hope so. God bless. All right. Uh, That is, of course, Talking Finance with uh, Brian Hirsch.